They fought back from early week trouble to make it to this gold medal game, but now in the hands of the 22-year-old Stefania Constantini. Final stone, eighth end. Just has to see a yellow go away. Cinderella story's got a perfect ending. Two are gone, and it's a gold medal. Not a single defeat for Italy. Just a remarkable performance by this Italian team. Undefeated through this phenomenal mixed doubles field. Wow. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Inside Curling Special Edition of Daily Draw, where we come on every day to talk about the games over in Beijing and all things curling. Today, we're going to give you a wrap on the two medal rounds, uh, what happened there, and what's coming up with four-person curling. Coolbet is a proud sponsor of curling, and frankly, all things ice-related. Check them out. Their logo is a polar bear. Make sure you join the thousands of people already enjoying life inside the Coolbet community. Today was the sixth day of action for mixed doubles at the 2022 Games in Beijing. Two huge games, of course. We got into the medal round. Yes, Canada just lost out in their final game to try and get into the playoffs. But we've got to find out what happened in the first bronze medal game, Warren. We were all expecting this to be quite a battle. It started out that way. Great Britain had the hammer in the first end. Massive six rocks around the forefoot. Jennifer Dodge tried a 20-foot raise run-through for possibly two, almost makes it, but takes it a single point. The second end is when things started to change. Sweden, of course, had a last stone. Almeida Duvalls left with a very difficult long double for three, but is already counting one. Could have drawn for two, but she tried the double, and bingo. She makes it, picks up four points, and all of a sudden the score is 4-1 Sweden. Third end, Duvall again makes another great shot with her final stone, and leaves Sweden sitting three around the four-foot. Dodds can't do much, the way things are set up, except maybe cut them down to one. She comes out a little wide, misses everything. Sweden steals three more. They're now up 7-1 after three ends. In the four, Sweden steals one more. They take another single in the fifth. And in the sixth end, Duvall makes a double with her final stone and leaves Dodds a draw for two. She makes it, but Mowat and Dodds decide that was enough. They shook hands and said, congratulations, Sweden. You have won the bronze medal. This was another unbelievable performance. Almeida Delval shot 100% in that game, and she's throwing the last rock. So when someone shoots 100% throwing the last rock, you ain't going to beat them. Uh, so there you go. Here's a bit of a teaser. I wonder if everyone in Great Britain this morning is saying, they weren't prepared. That team wasn't ready. Uh, we're going to Okay. I want to, yeah, no good. I wanna, <laughs> you're probably getting my drift of what we're getting at. Kevin, the big, the Mac Daddy, the gold medal game. Yeah, congratulations to uh, to Sweden on the bronze game, and of course to Duvall for shooting a hundred. Amazing. We got to call the medal the uh, gold medal game today, and Stefania, who's been just brilliant, she was tight as a fiddle string. The coach came out and tried to to get her dancing and get her uh, doing some stuff before before the cameras were even on. I got a report from Corey Robinson, our our field reporter, who was in Beijing watching and. Uh, and she was just so nervous, and it showed in the first end. She missed, Mojuner missed uh, his first one and got in big trouble and ended up giving up a steal of two to start the game. And I was thinking to myself, oh boy, here we go. You know, this young team and just all the stress of, of getting in a gold medal game and how it works at the Olympics. And 
Anyway, somehow they turned that ship around and in the second end made great shot after great shot at both teams. Both teams had a great second end. Ended up, there was no shot basically for three, but got the deuce right back. And here we go. Team Italy, oh my, I can't say they didn't miss anything for the rest of the entire game, but basically didn't. They ended up shooting 87% after having a terrible first end. They shot 87% as a team, which means they were basically flawless for the rest. They steal one in three. They steal three more to really put it away in four. And uh, and then the fifth was a power play, held Norway, because that was kind of Norway's last chance was with power play in the fifth, only got one and cruised to an 8-5 victory. Stefania being the youngest athlete in curling, uh, at Olympic history to win a gold medal. Fantastic. Amash is only uh, 26, so he's not he's not old, you know, but, but 22 years old. She played incredible. She owned the button the entire game. And one thing I thought that was fitting was at the end of the game, she got to throw the last rock to end the game. I was, I was really hoping that uh, Kristen uh, Skaslin, the, the Norway last thrower, would hit and stay on hers to make Stefania make the last shot and she did which was wonderful and not only did she make the hit she made a double on her last one to score one to make it eight to five so huge congratulations to both Italy and Norway but especially to the young team in Italy because what kind of a change or what kind of a difference will that make to uh, Italian curling it's going to draw many more people into the sport right now there's only about 400 curlers in Italy it's just going to explode there after these young athletes full of energy just dominated um, and went undefeated, for goodness sakes. Uh, it's only happened three times um, in modern-day Olympic history. Uh, our team in, in Vancouver in 2010, Jennifer Jones on the women's side in 2014 in Sochi, and now Team Italy in uh, 2022 Beijing. So they've made Olympic history in a whole bunch of ways. That's Italy's first medal in curling, uh, not just in Olympic curling, but in curling, uh, men's or women's. Uh, their best finish up to that, I believe, Warren, was uh, a fifth-place finish one time. They've never been above fifth place ever, and here they are, top of the podium as champions. Congratulations. What an event, Kevin, for Italy, as you pointed out, uh, setting records all over the joint. Uh, you know, the thing about curling, uh, with the round robin, uh, it only gets you into the playoffs. I've never seen a sport more relative to the expression, you're only as good as your last game. So when you brought that up, that Italy gives up two in the first end, you're going, okay, well, that was a good run. Yeah, something, something's got to burst this bubble, but unbelievable what they did. Speaking of Italy, before we get to the stats, you've got some history on curling in Italy. I watched that medal ceremony this morning and with a lot of emotion because a lot of things ran through my mind. There we have Constantini, 22 years old. When Neil Houston and I invented this game back in 2002, she was two years old. And now somebody's out there playing that game for an Olympic medal. I think the other thing was the history of Italy at World Curling. I was around for that, believe it or not. <laughs> Uh, because world curling's still pretty young. We believe it. Yeah, we believe it. Of course we believe well, it. World yeah. curling's still pretty young. Uh, we go back to 1959. There was only two teams, Scotland and Canada. And by 1968, that had moved up to eight teams because there was only eight countries that could enter. But in 1973 in Regina, two more teams came into world curling. It was Italy and Denmark. And in that first appearance, they won one game. And guess who they won it against? Denmark. And that was their first victory. The second time they appeared... 
1974 in Bern, Switzerland, and I was in the ice and played against them. And, and there's some pretty humorous things because the guy skipping Italy, Renato Gazzi, he was a huge man. Hector Gervais was a big man, but Renato was bigger than Hector. And the third was a little guy. And these two were fighting and arguing continually. It was, it was quite hilarious. And they also had a bottle of wine going behind the scoreboard at each end of the uh, of the arena. <laughs> so it was it was quite entertaining to say the least. I, I just checked to see we beat them eight to four, eight to four, but they won their second game. And I found it really humorous to see who they defeated, and I couldn't remember what had happened. But they beat Scotland six to three in that second World Championship in 1974, and that was their humble beginnings. I can remember we had a joke back in those days. That uh, wouldn't be very funny today, but the best Italian takeout was a pizza. <laughs> and, and, and that was where they came from. And to watch today, to see those two young athletes, it really touched me. And it was uh, pretty amazing. Good. You can hear the quiver in your voice about that. Uh, congratulations. You must be proud. A little vino, Kev, behind the scoreboard if you're with Italy. Okay. <laughs> A little, uh, a little scotch, okay, if you're from Scotland. And the Swiss were upset because Gervais smoked on the ice. The Italians were drinking. <laughs> that wouldn't be the first time you heard of a curler having a little libation during competition, Kevin. Right? They were actually, Warren, hang on, hang on. They were actually, like, during a game, going behind the scoreboard during the contest and having a drink? Yes, <laughs> yes, I won't mention the team, but I can remember back in, but uh, people around the same time, they, another team in Canada at the Briar had a little libation going behind the scoreboard. Yesterday, uh, we, you know, after Canada's loss to Italy, uh, people were freaking out. Uh, not not everybody, but uh, that they were ill prepared, that they got set up for the kill. Uh, there looked like a lot of blaming to curling Canada, and and they were never going to do well. Other countries are on and on. What what about you, Warren? What do you say about that? I think they were put in a very difficult situation, but this is an unusual year. Uh, COVID has created all kinds of unusual circumstances, so they kind of, to some degree, became victims of that, had very little time. And I, I find it interesting as to the number of people that feel, ah, if you got a week or so to prepare, that's fine, that's, that's no problem. And that's back into the old days. I mean, even probably 10 years ago, Kevin would probably relate that people couldn't really get their head around needing a few months to get ready for something like the Olympics. And I think it's a mental preparation. It's getting yourself to that point. And the, the days of where you win something on Sunday and start playing in the next level at competition the following weekend, I think, are long gone if you want people to do their best. And I think that's the problem. They they certainly didn't have enough time to really get things together. And, and whether or not that impacted, who knows? I mean, they played, they played very well. Uh, and they lost by a millimeter. So you can't really come down on for that. And, and it's a very tight competition. Practically anybody could have qualified out of those 10 teams. I don't think there was any any light between many of them. Maybe maybe China a bit, uh, Australia, because they struggled a lot at the, at the start. But then at the end, they, they brought it on strong, and that team had a good record. They, they were a world mixed doubles team. Uh, I think they finished fourth maybe back in about 2019, something like that, at the mixed doubles world championship. So they were no neophytes either. So it was a tough competition. But I think... Taking that into consideration, our teams from Canada going forward with all these competitions in future, there's just got to be more time for them to get ready for it. And I think right down again as to how the teams are even determined as to who's going to go really has to have a, a serious consideration. Uh, did Team Canada lose, Kev, or did the other teams win, if you know what I mean by that, you know? Um, well, yeah, the other teams won. There's no question. Like John and Rachel did, I thought, I thought they did a great job. In my opinion, we have to give the teams more time. I know in 2010, we prepared for four years for that Olympics. 
Like that was our goal for four years as a team. So we did everything to try to prepare for the situation in Vancouver. Mark Kennedy will tell you straight up, it was all about for us trying to get to as many finals as we could. We'd lose some, we'd win some, but we'd get tough and we'd get grizzled and and we'll be ready for the final in Vancouver if we got there. Now, obviously, there's no guarantee you're going to get there, but we were preparing for four straight years. And in this case, we have a team, we want them to win gold a gold medal. We do. But we just gave them a, just a few days to get ready. Not years. Like not, we didn't give them just one year. We didn't, we didn't even give them a month. We, like, it's just simply not enough time. It wasn't fair. Right. Um, we can't blame John and Rachel. My goodness. They did great, I thought. But could they have done better if they knew, say, in April of last year or something like that? Or it's hard to have a, a playoff in October when curling, you know, you're just getting going. Um, probably makes more sense late the previous season to to name your your Olympic teams. Then they can train all summer. They know their Olympic team. They can w- be the Olympic team all fall, travel to Europe a lot. There's lots of mixed doubles events in Europe, really good mixed doubles events that our teams generally don't play in because they're busy doing their four-person curling. But if they knew they were going to be the mixed doubles team, they'd make time to play a half a dozen events because they're going to the Olympic Games. Right. So... Uh, that's kind of my thoughts on it. There's no way you can blame John Morris and Rachel Holman. They're two of the best curlers in the world and have been for a long time. So there's no way that people should get after them. But let's give our athletes the best chance to win possible. And we did not do that. Yeah, don't blame them. I, like you say, they're the best girl. Everyone's going, well, they should have, should have sent another team. Well, well who? <laughs> you know, compared to, compared to the best curlers, who do you want to go with? You know, it's, the, it's, it's not like you're playing on different dimensions, same, same dimensions uh, in curling, same rocks, you know, bunch of shots that you got to execute. They didn't quite seem to gel, Kevin. You know, it's, at some point it looked like Rachel was kind of wide-eyed going, okay, I guess, but I don't agree with that. Sure, but how many mixed doubles games that they played? Team Italy and Norway, they played each other five times this season against each other already. The, the, the gold medal game, they'd already, already battled five times, and Italy was up three to two. They're playing each other all the time, these top mixed doubles teams, but our mixed doubles aren't. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like, we can't really do it year after year after year because four-person curling pays the bills better. But when it comes to a, a, a gold medal effort, let's make sure that the the team has decided well in advance so that we give them the very best chance possible. And they could have been over there battling with these guys all fall, getting ready for the, for the games. You can tell I feel strongly about it. We need to give our teams more time. And I know that our team put a ton of effort in for four years, not for four weeks or three weeks or whatever it was we gave those guys. The other thing is there's a, there's a well-organized mixed circuit in Europe that you're mentioning, Kevin, that they were playing in all year. And again, COVID is an issue. But that's another problem with our mixed doubles. We don't really have a circuit for these North American teams to play in. And I think that's another thing that's got to be looked at and something has to happen with it because if you're going to get better at playing mixed doubles, you've got to be playing it. People have been waiting to hear from you guys uh, on this. So congratulations, uh, you know, to everyone. The first event of curling in the Olympics. It sure sure is cool to watch it. And uh, the coverage, coverage was great. I'd like to thank everybody for reaching out to us. We have had an incredible amount of curling fans from around the world reach out to us, but I sure appreciate everybody reaching out to, to Inside Curling. Thank you for all your interest, without question. Especially uh, the hours that you guys are keeping. So uh, that obviously is going well. So I thought uh, starting today, you guys, that if you could do it 24 hours a day, 
Well, we can, but we're worried about you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Warren, let's get back on track here. Uh, You're going to give us some stats. Well, I think uh, normally we wouldn't probably go down this route, but uh, with Amalda Deval shooting 100% in that bronze medal game, we got to mention it again. That is just amazing that can happen at that level. And I can't ever remember at a championship game of that nature where somebody shot 100%. I don't know if Kevin can, but uh, that's amazing. And Oscar Erickson wasn't exactly a, a shrinking violet. He shot 82. And look at this. Bruce Mowat shot 85, and he lost 9-3. to Jennifer Dodds, however, had a bad game. She only shot 56%, and she missed two or three really bad shots by a lot. Over in the other game, the Italian Express, Stefani Constantini. Well, she had a bad game today. She only shot 83%. But Amos picked up the slack, and he, he came in at 90%. The Norwegians, a uh, little bit of trouble. Skeskelin, 70%, and Magnus Nendergrotten, 69 So, as Kevin always says, if you shoot well, you win. And I think today was a, a very good example of that. Yeah, and it shows you that the stats are revealing. Uh, okay, boys, what about your predictions? You guys are very close. <laughs> Kevin, I, got, I had you at 14-3, and three, Warren at 13-4. and four. Warren, Warren said he's going to catch up. How'd it go, Kev? Your, your predictions. I think we maybe both picked the same because we thought Oh, that, we did actually. There's no catching up to each other. Yeah, we picked the buzzsaw. <laughs> thought that Mawat would come through big. Well, he didn't do that bad, but uh, he ran into uh, yeah, the buzzsaw called uh, Daval, and there was no chance. So we were both uh, 50-50. Okay, well, there you go. I know what I did, too, is I picked the opposite of what you guys did. So you're 50-52, Jim. <laughs> I'm 50-50 as well, okay? So uh, great stuff so far, boys. Uh, time to get to our predictions. The four-person men's and women's curling, of course, is coming up next. And uh, when we come back, we're going to get your picks, boys. Stick around. Okay. Let's get to it. Uh, cool bet picks uh, for the four-person men's uh, curling and the four-person women's, which starts today. Uh, so you guys are going to, you said pick four, Warren. There's 10 teams. Britain, uh, Zeev Muirhead, uh, Canada, of course, is Jennifer Jones. China, Han Yu. Denmark is uh, Madeline Dupont. Japan is Satsuki Fuchisawa. Unjun Kim for Korea. ROC is uh, Elena Kovaleva. Sweden, Anna Hasselborg. Sylvana Terenzoni is curling for Switzerland. And Tabitha Peterson is heading up USA. So, Warren, why don't you go first? Well, that's, uh, that's a tough field, without question. We've got uh, all three medal winners from 2018 are in the, in the mix. And uh, Jennifer Jones, of course, was a gold medal winner in 2014. So, off the top, we look at Britain, Canada. Uh, Eve Muirhead, lots of experience, has had a very good year. But I'm not going to pick uh, Britain. I'm going to pick Canada. Looking down the, the list, Anjun Kim from Korea got the silver medal in 2018. That's a good team. I think at this competition, she's going to be right there, so I'm going to pick her as a, a second choice. Can't overlook Anna Hasselberg, gold medal winner from 2018. She's got to be in the mix. And I think probably the surprise in this Olympics will be Tabitha Peterson from the USA. I think they will be in there as well. So my four picks are USA, Sweden, Korea, and Canada. Leaving out some really good teams there, however, Sylvina Terrazzoni, Switzerland, uh, and Eve Muirhead from Britain, who could be right there, as could Fujiwara from uh, Japan. Let's go, Canada. Okay, let's get this thing back on track. Kev, who, who are you picking? 
Well, I definitely agree with Canada. I definitely agree with Sweden. Hasselborg is so good. No, they've, they've, they haven't had a great year, so it's a, they're going to have to pick up their pace, but I think they probably will. I like South Korea. I mentioned a few weeks ago that I kind of think I like them for the gold medal, actually. I also like uh, Alina Kovaleva is really, really strong. Uh, better than most people give them credit. So that's uh, my four picks. Canada, Sweden, South Korea, Nunjun Kim, and Alina Kovaleva of the Russian athletes. Wow, that's a step out there. Okay. Okay. We got we, uh, Sweden, Korea, Canada. Okay, so you guys have one different pick. Warnsey's gone with the USA, and you've gone with ROC. Let's look at them in. Britain, Bruce Mowat, and everyone thought, of course, he would do better in the mixed doubles in that medal round. Uh, Bruce Mowat, Brad Gushu, of course, for Canada. Ma Shue, leading up China. Denmark is uh, Mads Nogard. Italy is uh, Joel Ratones. Everyone's, my Italian's very good. The Masson, they're playing third. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, he, and he's going good. Norway is uh, Stefan Wallstad. ROC is Sergei Glukov. And Nicholas Adin, of course, is the skip for Sweden. Uh, Switzerland, Benoit Schwartz and John Schuster for USA. So there's your 10 teams. I don't like to go too fast for you guys, Warren, just so you can hear me. Hanson, your picks? There's no question who I've got to pick off the top, and that's uh, the buzzsaw from from Britain, Bruce Mowat. Uh, He played pretty well in the mixed doubles, even though they finished fourth. So I think he's going to be right there. So Britain, Brad Gushu uh, had a great year. I was thinking about Gushu yesterday. I'm thinking it'd be interesting to see what he does here. His last real curling uh, games of any consequence was the Olympic trials. I mean, they were flying there. And uh, unfortunately, he hasn't really had a chance to play since then. So it'll be interesting to see if they can maintain the form that they had in Saskatoon. I can't overlook Nicholas Adin. Uh, his record is just outstanding. He's the world champion from 2021. He's won the world championship five times. Olympic silver medalist in 2018. Uh, he's going to be in the final mix. He has to be. John Schuster, gold medal winner from USA in 2018. And again, I think uh, those guys will get it together in... Uh, Beijing, and I think they're going to be in the final four. So my picks are going to be USA, Sweden, Canada, and Britain. And I know we're leaving out about four other really good teams in there, but that's the way I think it will shake down. Okay, Kevin, what do you got? Well, I think if you asked anybody anywhere, you're going to have Great Britain and Canada chosen. I don't think there's too much problem there. I have to go with Sergei Glukov, um, absolute phenom out of uh, ROC. I just have to take him. His third might not be able to keep up exactly with the rest of the field, but Sergey is such a talent that I've got to go with them. And uh, John Schuster, I agree. Chris Plies is going to have to pick his game up from what I saw in the mixed doubles, but I think he probably will. And John Schuster will be tough. When John feels confident, he's a really good player, and he's extremely confident right now. I was talking to Tyler George yesterday, um, and just the way that he's, he's been keeping in touch with John, and just kind of the way John's acting right now, he really thinks that uh, the Schuster foursome will be strong going into the four-person curling. So I've got Great Britain, Canada, ROC, USA. And I'm picking Canada, Sweden, and Italy picked up where you left off why are you laughing at me why, why, why are you well, it laughing can't be at a bad picks? idea i'm laughing i'm laughing as an agreement because uh, how do you not uh, like italy just rolled through the mixed doubles for fun so why not yeah well retinas those guys have done well in the last few years at the world level with everything they've been in so you can't discount them that's without question particularly with masana playing third right 
Go to CoolBet and see what the odds are. Okay, tomorrow's the first men's drop. Uh, Warren, we've got four games. Denmark, Canada, U.S. is playing ROC, Norway, Switzerland, and uh, China and Sweden. What do you like, Warren, there? Uh, very quickly, I think Denmark will fall to the wishes of Brad Gushu. He'll win that game. The USA will take out ROC. Switzerland will overtake Norway, and Sweden will easily defeat China. Kev? Well, I'm a little different. Uh, I do think Canada will be fine. I would definitely pick ROC over the U.S. to start. Switzerland will be very strong against Norway. Sweden uh, will overtake China. So I've got Canada, ROC, Switzerland, Sweden. Okay, very good. Uh, Kevin, that's the uh, probably the last time we're going to hear from you for a couple of days. You are going to, like a bear and like your nickname, you're going to j- crawl into a cave <laughs> and get a little hibernation time. Uh, so tomorrow it's me and Warren and Ben Hebert uh, is going to come on the show. And, of course, everyone knows how shy Ben is. It'll be very tough to get him to give his opinion of everything. <laughs> so we're looking forward to that. Cool Bet's a proud sponsor of Curling and, frankly, all things related. The logo is a polar bear. If you love sports, make sure you join the thousands of people already enjoying life inside the Cool Bet community. So if you're so inclined, head to their website, like I said, and place a wager. Send us an email. Okay, inside uh, curling at gmail.com. And our Facebook group is still very lively, and so is our Facebook page. Why don't you join up there? Thanks a lot to Rod Paulson uh, for looking after all of that. My hair is in my eyes. <laughs> the hair is somewhere, but it's not in your eyes. <laughs> uh, drop us a line again, inside curling at gmail.com. Who better to ask questions about the Olympics or anything than, than Warren, the guy who's the, the greatest ambassador ever of the game, and of course, Kevin is the gold medalist and a few other wins, Kev. Over the years. Yeah, that'll work. Okay. Uh, Back to bed, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Ben Hebert's going to join us uh, and Kevin's going to take a rest. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. You've been listening to Daily Draw. Hey, thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Jim.